feeling comfortable with how things can ebb and flow. So there's no, you're never in one constant state with your emotions and there'll sometimes be positive ones or sometimes be negative ones. Um, and both of those things are really powerful from a work and, 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 and personal perspective. Hi everyone, I'm Hetty Holmes and you're listening to Hacking Happiness with Dose, the podcast that explores what makes us feel good to get those happy hormones firing. My next guest is Tom Peters, Global Director of New Business at Deliveroo. We discuss how he finds happiness at work, in his relationships, as well as his approach to self-care and fitness. I hope you enjoy. Thank you so much for joining us on the Dose podcast. It's a real pleasure to have you on. I know you're extremely busy. Um, but yeah, so we normally kick off the podcast by talking about career because we spend so much of our time in our jobs and it's important that it gives us a lot of happiness and your role is global director of new business at delivery. Is that right? So yeah. I just really interested. Yeah. Just t- talk me through it. Like what is a typical day for you and, and how does the job give you, give you reward? Yeah. So, so I, I assume most listeners are going to know who, who delivery um, actually are but as a sort of, some, a sort of a quick quick overview so um, our, our vision is to feed people three times a day and be the definitive food business so that will kind of come into play as we talk through some of the other things that, that, that we're going to chat through and, and the, the idea behind delivery is we're going to get great food to your home in, uh, in, in less than 30 minutes so uh, we're a British tech business started here seven years ago one rider, one restaurant, and we've grown massively um, and now have over 2,000 employees in 12 countries in 500 cities working with uh, 80,000 plus uh, restaurant partners and other food partners uh, uh, across the world. So lots of big brands that I'm sure people will, will recognize and then those small neighborhood restaurants um, that, um, that, that, that exist as well. Um, I've been at delivery for three and a half years now. It feels a lot longer than that. I think that's often the way with startups. Um, and the role I have at the moment is in, in, in our new businesses team. And the, the, the role of the new businesses team is really um, to think about the adjacencies that sit alongside our core business. So our core business is the restaurants business, but obviously food is a lot more than, than um, just that restaurant food that people, people know and love and that they order through delivery. So um, the best way I describe my role, my role is we, we talk about share of stomach quite a lot, which is uh, generally there are three meals a day. Most people eat three meals a day. That means in any given month, there are 90 meal moments for most people. Um, mm-hmm. Delivery as a business generally serves three to five of those a month for most people. What we're now um, working on is how we capture more of those those meal moments. And the 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 the, the, the things that I have responsibility for are kind of two areas. Number one is everything that we're doing in the healthy eating space. So one of the barriers to people using a service like delivery more often is the perception that it's for treats, it's for unhealthier food. Um, actually, we've we've done a lot of work to change that that sort of that, that, that misconception. Um, and as we start to do that, people's frequency of using, using delivery is increasing. And then the second area I have responsibility for is um, everything we're doing in, in the on-demand grocery space. So all the partnerships that we've been building um, which uh, w- with brands like uh, Morrison's, Co-op, Dalesford, uh, M&S, uh, Booth's, Aldi. So all of these big brands that particularly during lockdown, um, have been really, really important is to help people get access to the food that they need. So it's, yeah, it's a really, it's a really rewarding, um, 
role for me at the moment. I, I, I work with a lot of incredibly smart people from different backgrounds, from different businesses. Uh, I'm probably learning more in my career at the moment than I've, I've ever learned before. And I think sort of given that I'm into the late stages of my, of my career, to still have that now is, is, is really satisfying. And as I sort of touched on when we were chatting sort of earlier as well, we get to work on some, you know, some really important um, uh, projects. Uh, and bringing food to people is one of those deeply emotional things. Um, and I think particularly during the situation we've been in over the past few months, bringing food to people's homes when they've been in lockdown, um, We've done a lot of work delivering food to, to, to NHS workers, so um, over half a million meals delivered to, to NHS workers. And then something we announced um, last week was the, the NSPCC um, partnership as well, where we're training lots of our riders in the UK um, to, um, to, 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 to watch out for situations where children might be um, at, at harm. So yes, there's a core business that is there to deliver food to people's homes, but there's, there's sort of a, a social purpose and a community focus as well, which, which just means that I, I have a really, yeah, I really enjoy what I do, which I think I'm, I'm incredibly lucky to, to be in that situation. Yeah, that's amazing. You touched on healthy food orders earlier. So haven't the food orders grown by 181%? Is that right? Over lockdown? Or is that just generally in the last year? Yes, that's over the past over the past three years, we've seen some really big, um, big increases in the amount of, of healthy and actually also vegan and vegetarian food on the platform as well. So um, certainly okay. 181% over the past three years, we saw a 300% increase in in vegan orders on the platform uh, over the last year. And uh, it, it reflects sort of a, 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 wider, um, a, a wider interest in, in healthy eating. And um, thinking about healthy food on the platform, it's, it's been an initiative that I personally championed within, within Deliveroo. And the kind of way we think about it is how do we make healthy food um, easier, simpler and quicker um, through the delivery platform? Yeah. Do you see some of your competitors as like, you know, food box delivery services, things like that? They're delivering kind of, obviously, they're, they're things that you have to cook yourselves at home, but they're kind of appealing to that healthy eating market. I think I, I, I wouldn't necessarily see them as competitive. I think we see it as complementary. So I think yeah. um, I touched on a little bit with the share of stomach um, piece of uh, sort of way of thinking. Um, most people have sort of times during the week when they have time to cook and then other times when they're really busy with families or work or, or other situations and i think the, the food box market is is fascinating because it it, it particularly again during covid has given people a way of getting access to to fresh healthy food um in a really easy way i, I think it's it's not an area that we operate in but i getting raw ingredients is just part of people enjoying food if people enjoy food then they're going to use mm-hmm. delivery as well so it's, it sits alongside what we do it's i wouldn't necessarily as a, see it as a competitor yeah and this kind of desire for healthy eating has been driven by kind of the younger market, hasn't it? It's like kind of 18, 24 year range. Yeah. So I think the, that generally reflects something that we see on the platform overall, which is uh, unhealthy um, or seeing delivery platforms as, as unhealthy is the number two reason why people don't use um, delivery services more, so don't use delivery more. Number one being price um, um, and number three being I prefer to cook. Um, but it's, it's a top three reason why people don't use the platform more. And I think um, when I take a step back and think about um, sort of the healthy eating trend, and particularly for that 18 to 24 group, I think I think about it in three ways, that there's, there's a much broader awareness of healthy eating now. 
Um, there's a lot more um, accessibility to healthy, healthy food. Um, and I think it's just more acceptability around um, being healthy and taking care of yourself. And that, that's a combination of, uh, you know, the awareness stuff comes from just broader society changes. And I think it's also tied into the idea of um, good for me, good for the planet, good for animals. So that kind of general just goodness um, and mm. wanting to care more about the environment that, that, that you're in. Um, and then in terms of the accessibility point, um, you, you have major high street brands that are doing a lot of healthier, healthier food. So uh, yes, um, you can go into a KFC and get your usual fried chicken, but they also do um, rice boxes. McDonald's have increased massively the amount of salads and, and fruit and, and um, uh, fruit juices on their menus. And, and it's the same with most other um, major high street brands as well. So if you want to be healthier, it, you, you can find, um, find it at a, you know, at a reasonable price on the high street. Um, and then I think it's just the acceptability point that uh, a healthier lifestyle is, is just seen as something which is more attainable. And actually, I think the COVID has actually brought home to people the importance of that. And, and I think the, the news this morning actually around some of the things the government might do around um, junk food and encouraging um, people to be healthier, I, I, I hope will probably just accelerate some of the trends that we've seen already. Yeah. And healthier food is just getting a lot more delicious, isn't it? I think people are educating themselves about their taste buds and experiencing flavors that they might not have experienced before. So, you know, you're seeing a lot of like vegan brands like by Chloe that are doing kind of like very fast food type burgers that, you know, are plant based, but they kind of, it's the way it's marketed and branded. It's very appealing. Yeah. I think that, I think the, there's this idea, you know, I think that, that there's some really great brands and food, you know, food brands out there that change this idea that healthy has to be, low on taste and and you have to sacrifice something uh, and also i and, and i think this is something we're going to talk about a, a little bit later on um with some of the brands that we've been working on I, spending time chatting with nutritionists as part of my role and educating myself and understanding a little bit more around um there's no such thing inherently as a bad food it's all about the the balance between it and and actually um if you have an understanding of that you can have you know, all those foods that you enjoy. Um, it's just about balancing it out. Um, and yeah. that, that to me is a really important part of what we do at Delivery, which is giving people the information and choice. So uh, to make, a, make the right, right decision for you at that, that, that point. So give people information to find the food that they want on, 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 on the platform. And then make sure there's the choice for every kind of taste and pocket. Um, if you want something indulgent, if you want something healthy, if you want something in between. And that's a really important part of the way that we, we, we make sure that the platform works for as many people as possible. Yeah, we love this phrase at Dose, healthy hedonism. So like getting that nice balance, like getting getting your pizza and wine, but also like being healthy the rest of the time. You know, so it is all about balance at the end of the day. It's finding what works for you. Meta is a range of premium CBD infused drinks comprising of functional wellness drinks, mixes, alcoholic cocktails and cordials. The new NOLO range includes the highly anticipated Espresso Meditini, Meda's smarter, ready-to-drink alternative to the classic evening cocktail, but with 10 milligrams of CBD per serving, as well as half the sugar and calories, without compromising on the full flavour. Pre-mixed with premium vodka and best served chilled, either shaken or stirred, it is lighter on the palate and is the perfect cocktail for those who like to work hard and play hard. Ultimate party boxes can all be found at www.medahuman.com. For a 20% discount exclusively for Dose listeners, please use the code DOSE20.
and another thing I wanted to ask you, so you're investing one million, aren't you, in to help the healthy food Well, Is that over the course of the next year or is that kind of a longer term focus? Yeah, so that was something that we announced uh, start of this year pre, yeah. pre, um, uh, pre, pre-COVID actually. And that was, um, that fits into sort of the wider mission around making healthy food more accessible. Um, yeah. that, that, that had two focus areas. One was um, building actually healthy brands from scratch. Um, oh, cool. um, and then the second thing was helping existing brands bring more healthy items onto their menu. So that that was um, that was uh, um, in conjunction with Rihanna Lambert and the, the nutritionist. Yes, the nutritionist. Um, yeah. So I originally worked with Rihanna on, on something uh, the year before, and then we we had this idea um, that we sort of spoke a lot about together around you know, if you were to create brands from from scratch that were. Popular cuisines, so um, uh, burgers, which is the first one we launched, or um, uh, Thai or um, Indian, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. If you were to design them from scratch with a nutritionist um, and yeah. um, build them, so they not not that they're healthy, but they're healthier. Um, what would yeah. that look like? And and that that idea got some traction, and we 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 started working on it um, about this time last year, actually. Mm. Um, and it was a combination of taking data on um, you know, what, what, what food people actually would want to have healthier um, and then building a range of dishes and menus and, a, and brands um, that we could then license to other, uh, other, other restaurants. So the first one we created was one called Dream Burger, um, which actually is now live in a few places across London. Um, really? Wow. Uh, and that was, that was a combination of, of uh, you know, making a burger healthier but still tasting great. And what Rhiannon and her team did was work with um, uh, us and chefs that work with us to, to build these healthier burgers. So you know, really cool things like you, um, using different types of, of, of um, breads and buns to, 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 mm. to reduce um, the, 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 the fat and salt and the carbohydrate content. Um, putting chia seeds into the ketchups and the mayonnaises to increase fiber content. Um, so all these kind of little subtle changes that, that made the burger still taste amazing, but had these sort of hidden health benefits to it as well. So that, that was, we started that last year. COVID kind of um, paused some of that work, but we'll be picking yeah. that up again later on this year um, yeah. and finding some other, other cuisines and some other um, restaurant partners that we can work with. Super cool. I can't wait to experience that. I'd never heard of Dream Burger before. I'll have to check it out. I'll send you, I'll send you a link over afterwards and you can have a look at it. Um, so what kind of food helps to fuel you through your working day? Are you a, like a coffee lover? Is that what gets you in the zone? Um, so what's it? so uh, I, 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 I keep things really simple during the week, if I'm honest. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm definitely a creature of habit. And um, whilst that's changed a little bit with lockdown, um, it's pretty much the same. So um, I have a first breakfast, which if I'm doing exercise in the morning is usually like uh, black coffee and a banana. So nothing too complicated at all. Um, and then I'll have a second breakfast, um, which is uh, the inevitable like, smoothie, which I just chuck a load of fruit, porridge oats, protein, um, like some, some green powder stuff that seems to do me some good. Um, and, uh, and then have, have, have that. Um, and that, that's usually... Um, that's usually what I have it in, in the morning. Um, and then um, lunch, uh, pretty simple. I, I, I do, you know, at the moment, it's lots of salads. Um, in the winter, it's soups. Um, uh, do use delivery at lunchtime. Um, 
I'm lucky enough that um, where, where I live in London, we we actually have um, some of our addition sites. So the sites that are de our delivery only kitchens, and we've got some really great food brands that we work with there. And uh, if I'm if I feel like I just want something a little bit different, I can I can order um, a poke bowl or something from from, from those guys. Um, and then dinner. Um, Again, uh, if I'm working late, then um, I might do a second delivery of the day. Um, mm -hmm. Which you um, must have like which, unlimited credit, right? Or do uh, we, we do get, yeah, we do get, we we we, we do get some, some credit. Um, the, the embarrassing thing is if it's the same delivery driver um, delivering twice um, in the same day. Yeah. That has happened before, <laughs> um, but uh, no, they, they don't, certainly don't judge you when you do that. Um, uh, or it's 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 cooking with my wife um uh, and uh, and actually one of the things that's been great about lockdown is it's just having both of us at home um uh, before lockdown we were, we were both traveling a lot every week and generally would only really eat together at the weekends um yeah, yeah. lockdowns really helped us appreciate um like the pleasure of eating together more um and then i drink a lot of green tea bit of black coffee um and yeah dark chocolates almonds and that kind of stuff so i'm probably a wow. cliche in terms of the stuff i eat <laughs> no, incredibly matter. healthy it's impressive <laughs> so this is the sort of food that like obviously fuels your week and it's quite simple as you say but like what is the sort of food that makes you happy like when you're when you're allowed to indulge yeah that's going to be very different so it varies a lot by mood mood and season so um like during the week i kind of see food as fuel it's like it's yeah. to make sure that i i I, I stay fit, I stay healthy, I stay, um, I stay sort of um, focused. Um, but usually the weekends it's, it's more varied and there's a lot more kind of, a um, lot more of the indulgent stuff. So right now in summer, um, no, really big, big salads. Um, uh, uh, my wife's using the Ottolenghi Simple book quite a lot at the moment. Oh, yeah. so. Which isn't so simple, <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> well, I I really have so much. Yeah, our, our cupboards are now full of um, really good herbs and spices. And Rose, Harissa, and like, yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And, and Harissa paste like stains work surfaces is like anything. Yeah, so, I know. Uh, <laughs> but it tastes great. And, and um, I, I'm, I'm a pretty willing guinea pig for for that kind of stuff so um that that's 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 been great and then um you know barbecues we're lucky enough to have some outdoor space so we've been do, doing that and then in winter it's like roasts big stews like kind of like the classic kind of stuff um yeah. but I, I think the yeah the indulgent thing is for me it's definitely um like last weekend I had a friend over we 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 ordered in some some burgers and then had a really good bottle of red wine with it um mm. and that's now that's kind of indulgent and then i don't have a particularly sweet tooth but love cheese so um cheese is like a, a big kind of uh, happy happy food for me as well um nice. so yeah nothing nothing too complicated that's all good so uh, what about health and fitness like during lockdown have you been exercising differently than you would normally yeah so i think um then my approach to exercise has sort of evolved as I've sort of, sort of moved up from my 20s into my 30s. So in, in my 20s, um, uh, I used to be quite a competitive rower. So kind of um, could eat loads, train a lot, um, uh, but would get injured and but would recover quickly. Um, but I had really, really bad flexibility. And if I look back on it now, um, yeah, it's kind of, kind of a very traditional way of training. Um, I, I generally, pre-lockdown, was already mixing things up a lot anyway. So doing combination of you know, hit strength flexibility 
what what lockdown's kind of done is um, made made me do more stuff outdoors, which I think lots of people have done um, uh, as well. And, and when we could pre lockdown, and then now things are opening up a little bit more, um, doing sort of small group training sessions with with other people, um, sort of yeah. in, in, in Battersea Park and stuff. Um, and then uh, yeah, we've been really lucky actually. We've um, and again, I'm going to sound like a complete cliche here. We've got a Peloton bike, which has been an absolute nice. lifesaver. And then yeah. finally got some kettlebells delivered after about 12 weeks. So have um, oh. <laughs> kind of you on the wait list. Yeah, exactly. I've got a mini setup of stuff that that works well. But I I think I don't think I'll go back to the same intensity of going to studios as I as I did pre-lockdown but I, I missed the social element of, of training with other people um, yeah. and just that sort of sense of community actually and I, I you know I, I, I as soon as some of my favorite places reopen I'll go back and make sure that I can support them um, and actually yeah. just see the people that I like training with yeah what are some of your favorite classes out of interest or do you go to a gym like a proper no so I'm going to name drop now which is which will be okay so um for, for me there's like there's there's sort of three or four places in London that where we also I'm a big fan of core collective um yeah, and, yeah. And guys there um then uh there's um uh, sometimes go to, to to KXU as well and they've got a really vicious class there called the games which involves like flipping tires yes. around and other bits and pieces and then um, two really good, um, two really good yoga studios as well. So um, one that's near our office um, called Fly, which has got a really yeah, big immersive um, screen, which uh, um, you, you go there and you can do yoga to kind of seascapes and stuff. Um, and then there's one just down the road from us called Union Station, um, yeah. which was actually the place I first tried yoga about five years ago. Um, so I've got those kind of, kind of those studios, which work really well for me. I, you know really like the instructors there um find the classes challenging in the right sort of way and just the right the right sort of environment for me um and yeah, and yeah those would be the places that i'll be going back to once we can nice what about rowing classes as a former rower? yeah so i do the lift and row class at, at, at core collective and that's that's good fun yeah. um uh, uh i always so I always find them pretty competitive. Um, there's always there's always a few other ex rowers in there, um, which is which is good. Um, and um, uh, I think the uh, yeah it brings back a combination of fond memories and unfond memories of of ergo tests and other things as well. Yeah. <laughs> Are you not tempted by the dedicated rowing studios? So like robots and stuff. There's like quite a few of them now where you just do rowing, but it's all like. I haven't tried them to be honest. No, I mean there's yeah. I know there's uh, mining the bull as well. Um, yeah. I think some some of them use water rowers, which um, rather yeah. than the, the concept twos, which um, I, I don't I don't really get on with water rowers if I'm being honest. Uh, okay. Um, very very specific. And um, what about like fitness challenges? Are you setting yourself any goals after lockdown? Like kind of, are you into running or? Yeah, I've got two things I think about at the moment. Um, yeah. One, which is the World, the World Parks Half, which is now being postponed until uh, I think it's next April now, actually. So okay. a few things have been caused. And then um, was toying with the idea, and I need to kind of probably chat with my wife about the realistic nature of doing this. Um, I've, I've always been tempted by the Atlantic Road Challenge. So the kind of the, the 3,000 mile like um, from Spain over to the, the Caribbean. Um, I've had a couple of friends that have done it um, and said it's one of the sort of best experiences of their lives. So I'm trying to work out if that's something that I can realistically do. Probably not this year, um, but um, I, I certainly want to try and do that before, um, before I'm too old to do it. 
Nice. No, it's good. I think it's, it's healthy to have these challenges and goals set to yourself. Like uh, I'm, I'm actually pregnant at the moment and I'm already planning like Iron Man in like two years time. I need something really epic. <laughs> I've like been pregnant forever. Um, so talking about like relationships and how you get your happy hormone inspiring. Um, so what would you serve at like a typical dinner party? Because you mentioned Ottolenghi before. Um, but like, are there any kind of things that you like to whip up to impress people? Um. Or is that your wife's domain? Is she That's more her domain. So we, and sorry, yeah. it sounds like a proper gender split there. I, we generally, <laughs> we're not very good in the kitchen together. Um, and right. that's not, it's not because we have a bad relationship. It's just we're, we're both quite particular about what we do. So we've, we've worked out the best way for us is, is actually, if I, if I look after um, kind of wine, music, drinks, like the kind of sorting side of things, um, and then yeah. she kind of leave her in her domain, no, her, her, her kind of, um, sort of stuff in, in, in the kitchen. Um, yeah. But yeah, gen- generally it's, um, it's, it's, it's being social and being sharing. Um, we've yeah. been creating like, getting something pretty casual um, with, with just people that we like to, like to, like to be around. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the, the only time that I did get into a lot of trouble was when we had people over, and I think this was a couple of Christmases ago, and um, it, it started early in the afternoon and kind of went on and on. And then, um, me and a few of my friends were still hungry and I did an enormous KFC order, um, which yeah. um, <laughs> went down really well with all of my friends, yeah. less well with my <laughs> wife and her friends, because it's like, cut this amazing food and then you've just ordered a load yeah. of fried chicken. So I'm, <laughs> but I'm you've not got like that magic. Yeah, we're yeah, exactly. food though. It must be the constant temptation just to be like, whack it on the car, let's get it. <laughs> Do you guys um, have yeah. like, do you have kids yet or are you or have a dog or like, do you, I'm just trying to think of other ways. That you no, no, no kids together. yet. And, and I, I've got major dog envy at the moment. So yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I, if, if I go for a run around Battersea Park or, or Clapham Hall or something, um, I'm yeah. kind of, I'm kind of eyeing up other people's dogs and trying to work out <laughs> what, 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 what we should get. Do you, do you, yeah. you, you obviously got a kid. Have you got a dog? I- Oh, yeah, I started with the dog. Yeah, it was like the first baby. I got a cocker spaniel, a working cocker spaniel. Which oh, is, okay. That's, that's on my list. Of, yeah. Is that on your list? Oh, they are, they're amazing. Like, I, I got her when we lived in London, actually. We now live in Devon. And yeah. Um, yeah, just to see her running free after pheasants, like in her, you know, in her where she's meant to be is, is pretty amazing. But yeah, they're, they're very uh, they're neurotic. They're very loyal, very quite needy, or mine is anyway. Working from home, and I, I think realistically, quite a few of us will be we're kind of splitting going into the office and working home. It feels like it's yeah. the ideal situation. That was always the, because because Em and I worked, you know, work a lot, that was always the thing. So like having a dog was a big commitment. And I, I want to yeah. make sure that, you know, we're, we're around to look after it and train it properly. And I think now yeah. that's kind of perfect situation. So that's most likely to be that, that and or a cat are probably the next things on the list. Yeah. Cats are lovely, but they're like a bit more independent, aren't they? They like don't need you as much. They're a little bit like, which is good in a way because you can leave them to do your own their own thing. Yeah, but, exactly. Um, but yeah, I think it was the Dogs Trust or some some other big charity that said like a dog a dog's uh, for life, not just for lockdown. Because so many people have been getting dogs during this time, and then are probably going to get to the stage where they're like, oh, actually, this doesn't fit with my lifestyle anymore, which is like quite a shame. So you have to really think about it. It is a big commitment, and I think there can be. And I went for a walk with a friend of mine on um, uh, on Sunday, and um, mm-hmm. they've got a, a, a Labrador, Luna. And she yeah. just seems to injure herself and be at the vets all the time. So she's just inc- oh. incredibly expensive in terms of the pet yeah. as well. So. God, I know, especially in London. That's it. 
really expensive. Um, but what other dogs are on your list then? If you if you got a top three? Uh, yeah, like um, quite, quite a big fan. Well, the inevitable cockapoo and then schnauzers. Um, they, they, uh, they, 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 those are the kind of the three the three on the list. Um, yeah, they, cockapoos don't molt as well, which is quite good. Yeah, that's nice. what everyone. I think that's why they're that we've we've got a few friends who have have them, and I think that's the reason why they're quite low maintenance in terms of like not mucking up your house. Um, yeah. So yeah, we will. I, I think we'll make the decision um, this year um, once we've got to know what's going to happen next year, and um, yeah. we'll, we'll we'll go from there. And I'm sure that'll be a slippery slope then as well, and we'll end up with more than one. Yeah. No. Nice. So, is that part of the reason for wanting a dog? Is that just the stage you're at in your life, or do you think they're quite good for like helping with stress and anxiety and things like that? Yeah, I think I think it's I think it's a combination of, uh, of that. I mean, uh, the 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 the, the walking, the being outside, the kind of switching off. Um, and I don't generally, I don't generally suffer with stress or anxiety in an extreme way. I think I have, I have a good understanding around what triggers it for me. Um, yeah. And then um, the coping mechanisms that I've kind of um, created to, to be able to do that. And, and actually for me, it's, uh, we talked about the exercise and the food side of things, which I think is quite an important part of, of managing stress um, for, for me. But then yeah. again, from, from lockdown, it's really, really simple stuff. Like we've, we've got a lot more plants around the house um, now. Yeah. So I think, I think um, you know, places like Patch and some of the other guys have probably done very well during lockdown. Um, there's something actually quite calming about having lots of plants around and you have to look after them. And then yeah. we've, you know, we've, we've, we've done lots of things in the house and, and sort of in the garden that we kind of have been putting off we didn't have time to do. So I painted the wall last weekend, which we, well, we've been meaning to do for a while. And actually that kind of stuff switches off my brain and like makes me not think about work stuff um yeah. uh, and that that's that for me is quite a good way of just really you know the, releasing the pressure valve um and then yeah very very male thing but video games really work for me as well um yeah so. and, and people are so mean about video games because you know so they can waste your life and stuff but it's kind of a form of meditation isn't it like when you're in the zone i mean i my husband games a bit as well and i used to when i was little i don't anymore now but like i don't know it depends what type of game you play but it's a good stress relief i imagine yeah and it's one of the i think the, the uh not going it's like gamer chat too much but um they're so they're so immersive now as well and and i don't just yeah. sort of play call of duty you know there's 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 things which actually require like a narrative and it's and problem solving and um yeah. it, does, it just it just uses a very very different part of your brain um, mm. And you can't really be thinking about you know, that presentation or that email or that spreadsheet you need to work on when you're you're, you're solving something else. So that that for me works works you know, works well as kind of like the the pressure valve as well. Yeah, I think Mo Gaudat, who um who invented like the algorithm for happiness at Google, like he's a big gamer and he explains it like in in some of his podcasts and interviews about why. And it's all to do with just being in the moment, like being super present and like yeah, taking your mind off stress and stuff. So. I think, I think it releases it, it releases releases different you know the, the serotonin in your brain and different parts of your yeah. brain. Like the the idea of of you know achievement and 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 what that does to your brain and that kind of pos positivity it can create. Um, I'm sure mm. I'm sure I'm sure there are subliminal things going on in your brain as you're completing tasks in these uh, in, in these games as well. Mm. I think people get worried about the dopamine, like the overstimulation which you can get from social media when you like it gets addictive. But yeah. that you can get addicted to anything, can't you? So, yeah, that's good. And <laughs> um, what about like yoga and meditation? Like, do you practice any of that? 
Yeah, so for me, um, I only really started doing, uh, doing you know, practicing. I say doing versus practicing is quite an interesting, interesting switch for me as well. Like do, doing yoga, which was something that I started five years ago, and that was from going on a boot camp and like yeah. trying to get as part of that. And I think for me, when I started it, it was the, oh, this is good for physical recovery. Like I, if I do this, I feel less tight the next day. I think as I've started to move to do it more often and, and practice and try and understand more about um, what it can actually do for me. Um, and that's, you know, that we've touched on already with some of the sort of places I've, I, I, I go to. You know, there's been some really, really great um, teachers that I've, I've, I've gone to their classes. And it, it, um, I think the thing for me is it, it, it gives you that mental space. So mm. 60 minutes where you're not anywhere near a mobile phone is, is so rare. And then having that, focusing on the breathing and the stretching and then just that sort of tranquility that you get afterwards. Um, uh, I, I found that's been really, really helpful for me just in terms of my, my mental well-being. And uh, it, 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 being a male doing yoga, I think the stick, the, the, not that there's a stigma to it, you, you're very often one of only one or two guys in a, in a class. And I think um, I've certainly noticed more and more people trying it and i think there's a recognition now that yeah you might you know you might be into your crossfit or your rowing or your running or whatever but actually yoga and stretching is uh, is a is a really big part of that kind of active recovery side and, and certainly as i've got older there's a realization that um it's just as important as some of the other things i do not only from the physical side but also as i say from that that mental mental space and, and and well-being perspective. So it's it's a yeah, it's a key thing now that that um, I actually miss it a little bit with lockdown. I try some of the on online classes and they don't quite work for me if I'm being honest. Yeah, it's um, not quite the same as it as being in that space with everybody. I think you get you get a lot of um, of that happy hormone release like when you're with other people as well. Don't yeah. you think like when you're at the gym, it's that social bonding, that kind of tribe connection that is super important. Yeah, when you're all breathing yeah. in the same rhythm, and, yeah. yeah, yeah. The breathing, the, yeah. the breathing, the breathing thing took me a while to get used to, where you're syncing your breathing with everyone else in the room. But it's yeah. it's, it's a really powerful kind of um, powerful emotional kind of reaction when you're you're there and you've got 25 other people who are all breathing at the same time and um it's uh yeah it's it, it's it's a uh, it's the space it gives me that i find I find most powerful yeah and so like mental health as, a, as an issue has been particularly prevalent with with men i think over the last kind of 10 years specifically there's been a lot more awareness about it so why do you think it's more important for men to talk about how they feel because i think women are very good at it um and they you know can and talk about it more freely but like you said there's only a couple of men in your yoga class and maybe it's taking a bit more time but yeah just interested to hear your thoughts about but why you think that is? Yeah, I think um, so. So we reflect upon some of the things we spoke about earlier, which is I think it's part of mm. being having sort of emotional intelligence and awareness for me is part of just your overall well-being. And you know, I'm certainly, I certainly not not great at this, but I certainly think that it's helped me being able to talk about feelings and understand feelings is. Um, is really important, and, and for me, actually, personally, the the, the, the kind of the, the the narrative to why this became important is, is um, both my parents died in my early thirties, and and that's actually um, that actually gave me sort of a pivot point to think more about how I was feeling. So, you know, obviously, that's that's a really kind of um, uh, difficult experience, 
And grief's weird. It goes from being something, it, it doesn't ever really go, it evolves. And I think from, from that, actually, it sparked me into doing a couple of things. Um, one was actually starting to go to a therapist. And I think that unlocked a lot for me in terms of just feeling more comfortable about talking about my feelings. And a big part that came out from that was actually journaling. Um, yeah. And journaling and talking about, well, actually, not even talking about, but talking to myself about um, what, what I was feeling and why. And then actually just um, feeling comfortable with how things can ebb and flow. So there's no, you're never in one constant state with your emotions. And they'll sometimes be positive ones or sometimes be negative ones. Um, and both of those things are really powerful from a work and, 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 and personal perspective. Um, I feel like I better understand my emotional states. And I also think from, from doing that, um, it does, it has helped me build deeper connections with people. Um, and it partly comes from confidence as well. I think knowing, feeling that I, feeling satisfied in other parts of my life means that I'm more open about my, my, my kind of um, emotional state and that, that stigma of, of talking about emotions, I actually think is, is definitely changed a lot over the past few years um, in a positive mm. way. Um, and I, I sort of want to lead by example as well and, and, and we sort of with, with, with friends and people that I have been in contact with. So it's, yeah, it, it's important because it's part of your overall being. And I think also it's just important because it, it helps, helps build connections with people. Yeah, like you said, like everyone actually feels more of affinity to other people when they're a bit vulnerable, when they show a side of them that's like not that strong. When it can, that's how people really connect, isn't it? When you can share that side. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, oh, that's so nice. That's a really lovely way to end the podcast, Tom. Thank you so much for your time. I know you're Thank incredibly you. busy. If you have any questions about today's podcast, please drop us a line at hello at whateveryourdose.com.